wonderful, faithful listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Kingdom Podcast. Excited to bring you episode number four. And today, uh, we are going to talk about kingdom principles. Kingdom principles, and specifically one principle that has to do with being shrewd. Now, this particular podcast is for people who are interested in business. It's very important to realize that God made you to have such a gift inside of you. And when that gift manifests in the world, the market value of that gift manifests in the world. And um, one thing that was very powerful for me one day, I was sitting in the car, I believe it was 2017, summer of, sitting in Hyde Park, um, Illinois, and I began to hear the Lord say to me, son, I'm going to teach you how I do business. <laughs> I was like, all right, teach me. And um, he gave me a few pointers, but he ended up teaching me through life experiences. There were times when, to give an example, I had a side business uh, called The Scholarship Man. And I was charging like such a small amount of money. I mean, it was basically no money, zero. (laughs) I was probably making $200 a year. And um, after God taught me just a few, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying it was a whole course, but he taught me through life experiences. I went from making $200 in a year to probably about, uh, not probably, exactly around $22,000 a year um, before I, I officially closed down the scholarship, man, just because I wanted to go in, in a different direction. Namely, this direction, more so providing um, kingdom-based content. Um, it's really where my heart is uh, for for what I want to do outside of my full-time job, which in my full-time job, I still do college counseling. Um, I support students and um, help students find the best match and fit college. So that's what I do in my full-time work. And I was also doing that for uh, students in my part-time or my side gig, and I was working with students um, all around the country and even the world, uh, so as that it wouldn't have any conflict of interest. I, I didn't work with students in Chicago unless they were students who were graduate or seeking PhD, uh, but I worked with students in South Africa, Tanzania, and then in the U.S. I worked in, uh, with students in California, Virginia, Maryland was big, Michigan, um, obviously, the, the largest client base was here in my home state of Illinois. But how did I go from two hundred to 22000 It really has everything to do with the ingenuity of, of how God taught me and not anything to do with my own business acumen. And so as I teach about kingdom business and how to be shrewd in business, these are just a few little nuggets that I, I got from the Lord. The first thing is that um, when when you begin to discover your market value, when you begin to discover the the current worth, the current worth of what you can produce um, or what you can do for people, 
you charge that amount. I I was a person where unless you were like a close family or something like that, I didn't do discounts. I just I wasn't about the discount life. I, my price was my price. And um, because that was my worth. And when people did not want to pay my price at first, I would feel bad. I would discount it severely. I would just take the price all the way down to make it affordable because my thinking was I want to make this affordable for people who can't afford it. And what I learned is that doesn't, for me, that didn't exist. I mean, there were people who I would provide a service for for free out of my heart, and that's just a donation. And then there were people who I would charge the full amount, and there was no in between. And what I learned is that those people who were trying to pay half price or pay like 75% of my price, they ended up being like the most difficult customers. Like they didn't do the work. They were, it's, it's funny they would pay me half price and then do half the work. And our relationship with finding scholarships in college and, and maximizing the ability for you to go to school and pay the least amount has a lot to do with you turning in work, responding to essays, responding to emails. If I send you a hot off the press scholarship opportunity, you've got to do it. But those people who paid half price did half work and they were the most frustrating clients. Now, when I started charging my worth, I started turning away people who would not pay the price. And the people I ended up working with who would pay the price were the best clients. I mean, they were just dream clients. They would stay up late at night, do the work, fill out the the program applications, fill out the scholarship applications, do everything that needed to be done. And, and... I will tell you, I had it to where the average out-of-pocket expense for any student that I work with was about $2,600. And this is a full range of scholars, um, a full range of, I should say, students um, from middle income to low income to no income. And we were able to find them uh, a college that they wanted at minimal to no cost. And... It was pretty powerful, but a lot of that was because they received so much money in scholarship. And I'm not talking about college scholarship. I think I had students who received, over the course of me working with students, $250,000, something like that, between $225,000 and $250,000 in private scholarship. I'm not talking about college scholarship. College scholarship, that racks up pretty easily. I mean, I'm sure I got into the multiples of millions with college scholarships because every time you get a college offer they give you college scholarship but you can't carry a college scholarship from one college to the other it's unique to whatever college you choose for instance you can receive easily a million dollars in college scholarships if you just apply to 20 schools and they all give you a four-year award for 40,000 a year you know that's $160,000 you know, times 10 or 20 colleges, you're easily in the millions. But you can only choose one of those colleges. So that's only one $80,000 award over four years. That So it's not, you know, it's not a whole lot of money. But when I talk about private scholarships, those are scholarships that will walk with you no matter what college you choose. That was what the scholarship man was about. Finding 
private scholarships to match up with whatever college scholarship you're going to choose so that your out-of-pocket expense would be as low as possible and avoiding those colleges which would reduce your scholarship amount because they find out that you have a private scholarship so that's that was the business that i ran it was um thank the lord very successful but but what i got of it was to be shrewd i became so shrewd when it came to working with people i required payment on time i required payment at the level of my value and my philosophy was if someone was not willing to pay my price i would move on to someone else and in my in my belief god would provide someone else who was willing to bear my market value if some if you know if one person wasn't someone will because he didn't give me this gift for no reason he didn't build me up with this expertise in this subject area for no reason if as long as i trust god and honor him with the way i i did my finances he's going to make the market bear my value from one person or another and so even if someone i was working with began to dishonor or devalue or, or disrespect um, my market value because of you know they became too familiar with me I would walk away. I just walk away from the deal. I break the contract because I don't want. This is the way I see it. The I honor God by honoring the the, the value He put in me, and, and really demanding that the market bear that value. Demanding that the market bear that value. Obviously, that, that value is tacked to you know market forces um, and, and, and the impact of you know wherever. Um, the quality or, or living standard is at the moment. So it's adjustable, but I make the market bear that value. And so if a person would say, you know, I just don't think you're worth that much, I'll, I'll move on. If I was working with someone and all of a sudden they say like, you know, I, I really don't think this is, um, you know, how much I want to pay for this. I think I should pay this amount. Okay, we can, we can walk away. I'm not reducing my price. Once I know, once I know, especially when I know from the Lord, what my price is, and I know that I'm doing everything, I'm fulfilling, fully fulfilling my part of the bargain, um, you're not going to make me feel bad and then try to make me or guilt trip me into shifting my cost or my value. Mm -mm. If you think there's some service that I haven't provided, show me and we can talk about it. Of course, I'll be reasonable. But if I get the sense that this person is manipulating or being a snake or just trying to, um, Sometimes people do this. They try to, if they can't get a discount in the door, they'll try to get a discount later on. They'll try to get a discount after the fact by saying like, oh, I think it's only worth this much, but no proof. And I wouldn't allow that. I would just walk away on principle. I know what I'm worth. If you don't think, if you don't think you want to pay this amount anymore, that's up to you. I'm going to cut the deal and I'll walk away. That's called being true. You look at Jesus in, in the Gospels in Luke. He, he literally said, you know, how, why is it that the children of darkness are more shrewd than the children of light? Now, Jesus didn't waste any words. If he said something, it had great meaning and it was intended for great impact. And he says, sometimes the children of the world are more shrewd than the children of light. You know, he's like, what's up with that? Obviously, God is not 
trying to get his children of light to be like the children of the world. But what he's saying is the children of the world have picked up a competency and that competency is called shrewdness and they execute on that competency better than the children of light. When it's actually the children of light who should have this competency that Jesus called shrewdness. So he looked at the shrewd businessman and he actually dedicated one of his parables specifically about talking about being shrewd. Jesus did. With all of the important things that Jesus would need to talk about in parables from healing and faith and loving your neighbor and giving to the poor, he added in a parable about shrewdness. I think that's so interesting that Jesus would take the time to literally educate his people on the competency of being shrewd. What does that mean? Shrewdness is being matter of fact. It means optimizing the market production of your value and of your worth. The, the, the parable that Jesus tells is literally about a man who owes a great amount of money and he has to get that he has to pay that money back right away. So what he does is he uses his business skill to go and cut deals with everybody because he's about to lose his job. He's about to lose his job. His boss is like, look, you're fired. You haven't been a good steward over the money that I gave you. You can't produce a single dime. I told you to steward over this money. You can't produce a dime. You're fired. So before the word gets out that he's fired, he goes to everybody who owes him and says, hey, hey, bro, just cut me 50%. I'm going to give you 50% discount. Hey, you cut me 70%. Hey, you, you cut me 80%. And he goes and makes deals that's beneficial to the person that he had lent money to. And then he came back to his master and said, hey, yesterday I didn't have a dime. But today I have so much. Here you go. And his master was like, wow, you know, that's I, I like how you did that. You you were able to recover a majority of the funds in one day. I should keep you around. Guy gets to keep his job. He gets to keep his job because he was shrewd. He figured out a way to work the system in a fair way and create value. That's what being shrewd is all about. One of the lessons that I learned from the Lord is to sit with him with every contract and let him determine the terms of the contract. Now, that doesn't mean I don't work with the lawyer. I do. I work with my lawyer on every contract, but I sit with the contract with my lawyer after I sit with the contract with the Lord. I got two lawyers. I got one who's a human natural lawyer, and I've got one who's the judge of all creation. I sit with both. And from those meetings, I determine whether to sign on the dotted line or not. And many times what God is interested in with a contract is if the contract is reflecting the value that he knows I can produce 
and if it's reflecting um, a good work-life balance where I won't be tasked with doing so much work that I can't pay attention to family, I can't pay attention to um, staying in the presence of the Lord, I can't pay attention to you know different responsibilities that I have. If I'm going to go into a contract that is going to literally strip me from family time, um, Bible reading time, prayer time, friends, and it's got to be balanced. And so I'll, ne- I'll renegotiate the terms so that I make sure that those important areas in my life uh, do not uh, take a significant hit. So this is just a little bit on, um, on shrewdness and some principles that I've learned. I think it's really important for people in this in this in in this time to still work on your side gig. I know many people are doing that. I've done it for years, but I know many people are starting now that they have um, a little bit more time uh, to to work on their side gig. But I would just say and suggest number one: bring every contract, bring every potential client before the Lord. Have that conversation with God. Literally pray about it. I mean, I you know, when it comes to kingdom business, really a, a large part of that is just praying all the time about business. It's a huge part of it. The other thing is to be shrewd. Demand that the market bear your cost. Demand that the market bear your value. And when it doesn't, be shrewd about it. Be shrewd about it. If you... I was talking to a a client yesterday and I was telling this client, I said, listen, if your services are worth $500 an hour, don't be afraid to charge that. I don't care if you grew up in abject poverty. It doesn't matter. Charge what you're worth because you'll actually be happier. You know, when I would charge the very least possible amount for services when I first started my business, I was happy to do the work for students, but I was miserable as a businessman. I wasn't motivated because the money just wasn't doing anything. Here it is. I'm spending all this time away from family for no extra money. But when I started charging my value, I was much more motivated. I was excited. I was like, hey, students, let's do a meeting. Let's get you into these great colleges. Money is a motivator. It is a motivator. And it's, it's great to see your money match your value. And it actually, it has some multiplying effects because when you're motivated, you do a better job, your market value goes up, and then you can um, demand that the market bear an even higher um, cost for your services. And so don't say, well, I'll wait you know, like the scholarship man did two years before I start charging, you know, my worth. No, 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 no. Charge what you're worth now, right now. Whatever it is you're worth right now, charge that amount now and be shrewd about it. Demand it. Only work with those people who are willing to pay that price. Don't discount. Be shrewd. If you're going to give something away, give it away. But don't be giving away 90% of your services and only charging 10% of your customers because that just looks silly. If those 10% find out, how come I'm not in the 90% that are getting this for free? 
Donate 10%. Don't charge anything. Give them a great experience. But the other 90, be shrewd. Be shrewd in the way you handle business. Hey, this has been the Kingdom Podcast, episode four. I think I'm going to title this shrewdness. Hope to see you next time. Bye.